The Guardian, live at the Edinburgh Festival 2009. Hello, I'm Robin Ince. And I'm Craig Hill. Thanks for downloading The Guardian live at the Edinburgh Festival 2009. Yeah, we've just been interviewed by Miles Jupp, which it was like being interviewed by young Des O'Connor, which is terrible because it took Des O'Connor years to become the interviewer he was. So it was like the kind of amateur days, really, when he hadn't quite got it before he hit his 60s. And then, yeah. mm, great interview, but potential. I loved it. I felt like it was like being being stroked by your granddad, which felt wrong but right, because he was warm and inclusive, and he was the kind of man you could put slippers on and, and live with for the rest of your life, and he would smoke away his years, and you'd just think, do you know, granddad, I love you. He did. He smelled of pipe smoke and angel's delight, which is a lovely mix, isn't it? He does. He has an unusual quality, that Miles Jupp, that we all fell for. But it wasn't just us, was oh, it, Robin? so many people fell for it. There was uh, Paul Sinha was on there. Bourgeois and Maurice. There was Sam Simmons. And I think it all began, it began with... Dan Antopolsky, didn't it? Yes, Dan Antopolsky. Thank you, thank you, good people. Uh, I read in the paper a couple of weeks ago that there's a civil war in Madagascar, but I've watched it about six times. There isn't. So, good news there. The Lemurs bicker, but come on now, civil wars. You know, if anything, when it all kicks off, they're pretty staunchly behind the monarch. (laughs) So, um... The, the, the weather's been uh, uh, sometimes kind uh, in the last uh, couple of weeks of this festival. And on sunny days, what I like to do is uh, I go out in my garden completely naked for about five minutes and lie spread-eagled on the lawn, and then I go back in the house. I'm not a nudist. I just like playing chicken with the Google Maps satellite. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to catch me one day. Hopefully while I'm still young. <laughs> so uh, I sent my girlfriend a Valentine's Day card today. Better late than never, eh? And um, I, I was unsure, as one often is, uh, about what to put inside. And I thought, I, I'll just speak from the heart. I wrote, I, I love you so much. I thought, I'll just be direct. Who could not be touched by something so simple and heartfelt? And then I read it back, and it just looked a bit bland. So I thought, uh, I'll, I'll go out on a limb. I wrote, I love you only. I thought, that's better. It's got a bit of a lyrical feel. You know, it uh, implies exclusivity. That's good. And I read it back. It was just pompous. So I thought, best of both worlds, I wrote, I love you only so much. I think that's, that has really nailed it there. Now... Me, me and my girlfriend, obviously, uh, we're not married, but uh, we, uh, we live together, you know, keep your friends close. And, right. um, but we've, we've made a couple of kids, and they're really, they're great kids, really, uh, one of them, I like one of them. But the, um, the other one's a bit. But uh, it's, uh, it, why do people have families? Oh, there's a question. Well, for us, it was an accident. But if you're, if you're planning a family, it's, it's really, it's quite a godlike thing to do. You know, you sort of, you, you get into the flow of it, you don't really realise what you're doing. But you, you're making a world under your, or at least a state, a city-state under your roof. You have the government and the populace. Or it's like a class system where the parents are the posh ones. They own the land, they're more educated, they know their way around a fish knife. And they take great amusement patronising the chavs for their lack of savoir-faire. And I think that's why parents get sad when their children leave home at 16 or 18. It's not love, it's the loss of status. Like, what? The underclass! Ah! <laughs> Maths, war memorial. Um, but uh, that's, it. that's if the children survive that long. I took a pool cue away from my four-year-old the other day. I said, you're going to poke someone's eye out. I thought about it. I thought, no, you should probably just poke it in. Poking someone's eye out is a much harder shot. <laughs> You've you got to cu- come around behind the brown and come off the zygomatic bone. <laughs> Wiki. But, you know... Kids, kids say the funniest things. Do they? That's what people try and tell you. They say, kids say the funniest things. And when they say that to me, I say, yeah, maybe in your house. But uh, I've been doing stand-up for a little while. I'd like to think I have some game. <laughs> yeah. 
I'm not, I'm not threatened. I'm not competing with a four-year-old and a two-year-old. I just wonder why you'd say they're the funniest when I'm the one that comes out with loads of classic stuff. <laughs> not most days, there's a real zinger. Anyway, hedgehogs. Why can't they just share the hedge? Huh? That's, uh, that's a little excerpt from my show. I hope you enjoyed it. I'm getting the thumbs up, so I'm going to take that as the thumbs down it's intended to mean. And... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> The, the Emperor has spoken. So I'm going to go and have a little chat with Mars, but uh, come and see my show if you want. Thanks a lot. Okay, thanks. Dan Antopolsky. Thank you. Thanks. Thanks a lot. No, thank you. No, thank you. Thanks. Dan, welcome. How, how are you? I'm very well, Mars. Thanks. Thanks for, for asking. Yeah. How, many, uh, how many Edinburghs have you done now? Oh, my gosh. I think this is my ninth. It's ninth my sixth really. solo show. Yeah. Wow. It's a lot, isn't it? I'm very impressed. For the number of tickets I'm selling. <laughs> no. no, it's going very well, actually. What's that? Yeah, loads of good reviews. Yeah. yeah. Oh, good. Glad anyway, carry on, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I should have asked quicker. No, that's um, all right. We'll, we'll edit it together. Yeah. Have you been getting good reviews? Well, it's funny you should ask that, Miles, actually. <laughs> so, uh, last, last time, you, you, you were on last year, you, you performed a sandwich rap. I did. I do a bit of rapping in my show this year. I've got a couple of new raps, but um, there, there was a rap I did in last year's show about sandwiches. Because I'm, I'm pretty sort of serious about the issues, you know. I like to tackle the important uh, things in the world head on. And um, we made a, a little video, which is on YouTube, and uh, it's had uh, about 12,000 hits so far. And that is enormously gratifying. And um, so, if you haven't seen that, look at it. <laughs> What would be its search term? Dan Antopolsky sandwich. Yeah. yeah. Does anything Polsky else come any, up? With any, that? any combination of those things. <laughs> yeah. There's there's some interesting porn options that get offered you, but don't click on those, please. Yeah. How how did you? Who, when you say we made a video, I mean you and the family, or you and? Um, it, it was me okay. and you. I'm surprised you've forgotten. Oh really? It was uh, no me 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 and my. I asked to do so many pop videos. They just all run. <laughs> they all they all run into each other. Yeah, that's right. I remember you in that line drawing one from the 80s. Take on me. You were amazing in that. Thank you. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but look at the look at the cheekbones. He's still got it. Um, no, it was uh, we we made it for sort of no for no money. We had like fifteen hundred pounds. We managed to make that's quite, not quite no money. If I well, it's not it's not I mean, no money, but it's no it's no money to, to to make a film. But because we had no money, everyone was we had loads of extras and comedians came down and were in it, and so it was quite a quite a a, a thing larger than the uh, the sum of its parts, and it was uh, it was really good. Who's the biggest star in it that people can look out for? Oh, that's me. That would be me. Yeah. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, thank you very much yeah. indeed. Dan Antopolsky. Now it's time for a man truly embracing the spirit of the Edinburgh Fringe. He's doing a daring, experimental, absurd comedy show called Problems every night at the Gilded Balloon. Here to give us a taste, please welcome Sam Simmons. <laughs> I'm so gothic, I shit bats. Uh, all right, it's not true. It's not true at all. Uh, I did push down on my coffee plunger this morning, though, and the uh, cafe over the road just blew up. It's not true either. Uh, I did look in the bathroom mirror, though, and all I saw was a stranger staring back at me. Then I just re-angled the mirror a little bit. I realised it was a handyman standing behind me fixing the taps. It's not true either. Actually, most of what I'm going to say is not true. Um, okay, this is going to be awkward. Uh, okay. Um, look, you don't know me. I don't know you. This is my entire life story in three minutes. Let's go for it. You may, you may know this theme. It's from the Dan Busters. Oh, shit. Oh, 
reaching the birth canal. On the 19th of March 1977, I was born at a very, very young age. Life was simple as a toddler, life was all nipples and bunny rabbits. I used to like making up games when I was at all my favourite made up game was a game called Elbow Slap and Run. It went a little bit like this. Elbow Slap and Run technically wasn't a good game because there was no way of winning. But at least I'm still the undefeated champion. It's going great. Alright, when I was four years old I had a moral dilemma with the tooth fairy. I found it a little bit weird that some guy come into your room in the middle of the night and exchange money for teeth. Get out of my room Uncle Troy! Again? When I was seven years old I'm not afraid to admit that I flirted with homosexuality. I shoved a Han Solo action figurine up my asshole and I made him battle it out with a stormtrooper. In my mystical space cave on Tatooine! Choo 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 choo! Oh goodness, alright. <laughs> When I was 11 years old, I used to reenact 1940s style movie star kisses with my cat Floyd. I pretend that I was Clark Gable and he'd be Vivian Lee. I jump on his back and grab his head and I push his face into mine. I go, Mwah! I love you, Vivian Lee, even if you do have very thin, furry, little, little pencil line lips. When I was 11 years old, I learned how to write boobs on a calculator. It's quite simple. You just type in 58008, turn it upside down, it says boobs! Anyway, after a harsh day of calculator sex, I like to go home and reward myself with an episode of Doctor Who. Then I'd spin around in circles really, really fast until I got dizzy. Which is kind of like a knockoff drink for 11 year olds. When I was 13 years old, I kissed my first girl. Then when I was 14, I touched my first boob. When I was 15, I had no girls. When I was uh, 16, I had no girls either. When I was 17, there were no girls. When I was 18, no girls. 19, no girls. At 20, I kissed my nana, but not like that. 21, no girls. 22, no girls. 23, no girls. 24, no girls. But when I was 25... started wearing long pants and drinking Maduri. Then I got myself a job working in an office drawing pictures of frogs wearing Mexican hats. That's actually a true story. My boss would give me a wacky look every day I go to leave work early. Simmons, I give him a wacky look back. Fuck face. Then I'd race out of the office. Then I got myself a job working in zoology at the Melbourne Zoo. This is also true as well, but I gave it all over, all up to actually come over here and be an idiot in front of you guys, which is really quite depressing actually, because it cost quite a lot of money. Then I got on a plane, had a weird pill, touched a stewardess, it got a little bit weird. Then I came out here and said something about gothic shitting bats, lost you all, then it got a little bit weirder after that. And then I said that, and now I'm saying this. So now you can see that this is my life story, right up until this very moment, standing on stage as a man, ladies and gentlemen. And that is how I became a man. gentlemen yes a man wow it's gone stunningly well thank you very much I'm a colonist Sam Simmons ladies and gentlemen Sam Simmons' show is called Problems um, <laughs> Paul Sinner's show is called 39 Years of Solitude. It's all about life as a single gay man on the verge of turning 40. Ladies and gentlemen, Paul Sinner! <laughs> it's 39 Years of Solitude. It's, it's, I mean, it sounds gloomy. 
It's not really that gloomy. It's uh, about my life as a single gay man. I'm the fringe's only gay Asian doctor on the comedy circuit. Um, I didn't used to be the only one, but Bernard Manning passed away, bless him. And it was left, <laughs> left, left to me to carry the torch. And it, it's, 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 it's a mixed show. It's a show about how I ended up being single for, for 18 years, or stand-up comedy Susan Boyle, as I describe it in the show. And, <laughs> and, and, and how I've used the world of competitive quizzing as a replacement for a boyfriend. Because I've been on shows like Mastermind and Brain of Britain and University Challenge, the professionals. Uh, and I'm officially the 60th ranked quizzer in the United Kingdom, which is a status from... Yeah, it's, it's not as good. There are only about 100 people on the quizzing circuit. And by mere dint of appearing in four tournaments, I'm now 60th ranked. Like me, you're an enormous uh, cricket fan. You've been an enormous cricket fan. The ideal topic for a Scottish audience, I think that's fair to say. It's not, it's not, it's not, not really up to them. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you, you've been working on uh, Five Live recently? On, uh, uh, yes, on the it's morning. The Ashes. Yeah, a, program, a Saturday morning show on Five Live about The Ashes. Um, give us a cheer if you've been following The Ashes. A few of them, that's good, isn't it? Yeah, we well, can edit we, we, in an absolute roar. It yeah, will, yeah, yeah. It, it will sound like Nuremberg when he's finished with it. <laughs> we um, well, not completely like it, obviously. No. Something that they specified. Um, <laughs> uh, you do a lot of stuff on Radio 4 as well? Um, yes, I'm, I'm, I'm actually going to be doing just a minute in approximately two hours' time. Really? Um, which, well, is, which is the first time I've been doing anything on Radio 4 that doesn't entirely revolve about me, me being either gay, Asian or adopted, so that's quite nice. Usually, usually I'm the box ticker. Uh, any programme about being ethnic, I'm there. Uh, but this is going to be a more different challenge. Now, uh, you've got a Christian Money through your show this year, so I thought, and I, <laughs> these guys are going to love this, um, <laughs> I've, uh, I've come up very quickly with some very obscure cricket questions that I know the answers to. Uh, and so you've got to just tell me... Brilliant. How, yep. Who was... It all went wrong when they said that comedy was the next rock and roll, didn't it? Ever, ever, ever since then, it's just gone into coffee and cricket. Um, <laughs> who was... Don't, no, you can't get away from this. All right. Who, who was Tim Munton's first victim in Test Cricket? <laughs> um, Gordon Greenwich. <laughs> that is a laughable answer, I'm sure. <laughs> Surely agree. It was actually Jarvid Meandad caught it slipped by Graham Hick. For 88. Um... <laughs> I uh, actually, Javed Meandad is part of my, uh, he used to play for Pakistan, part of my family's uh, folk, folklore. What, I was watching a One Day International in 1992 and there was an incident where uh, both of them got me and Dad out and then me and Dad swore and uh, me and Dad told the umpire. My mum came home and said, what have you been doing all day? And I said, oh, I watched the cricket, it was jolly exciting. Uh, uh, Ian both of them got me and Dad out and uh, then uh, both of them swore and me and Dad heard him. And my mother went, Daddy and I. Um, <laughs> so that, uh, I think I'll get on with your mother. <laughs> Right. Um, <laughs> uh, which Englishman scored the most test runs in the 1990s? Michael Atherton. Yes. <laughs> yes, he did. Uh, which, uh, uh, which Indian player played a season for the Scottish Saltires this decade? Uh, Rahul Dravid. Correct. <laughs> uh, name one team that Ian Terence Botham played football for. Scunthorpe United. What was John Crawley's nickname? <laughs> um, I'm tempted to say shithole after, <laughs> after, after the town in Sussex, but uh, <laughs> I, may, I may be wrong there. Uh, John Crawley's nickname, Creepy. Oh, yeah. nice. Clever. Yes. 
A more family version of Crawley there, yes. Yeah, and uh, finally, uh, uh, you should know this one. What was my highest ever score, individual score, in a cricket match? Was it a 14? It was 52 against Wallop, 1992, second 11. Oh, um, sorry, I didn't know that. <laughs> Uh, ladies and gentlemen, Paul Sinner, 39 Years of Solitude, uh, a show ostensibly about being gay, single, and on the verge of 40 is on every night at the Stan Comedy Club. Paul Thank Sinner. Scotland's Craig Hill has been entertaining crowds at this fringe for over 10 years. He's back this year with a show called 40 Love, and hang on, it's a show about being, about being 40, gay, and single. I... I actually feel a little bit like Scylla Black. Um, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Craig Hill. My legs. Seriously. A pole? No, I mean the table is when you're wearing a kilt. That's an uncomfortable oh, I you said thing I've got to do. Between my legs. I don't mean a Polish uh, person. I thought he he does move fast. Um, <laughs> How are you, Hillis? I never even thought about that at all, actually, but about me and Paul kind of advertising that, actually, um, and the Edinburgh Festival. That looks a bit desperate, doesn't it? It's not really about, my show's not really about being single, though. I just happened to call it 40 Love because I, I love that title and I wanted to wear... Um, I, I, the parody, you know the poster? It's the poster of that 1970s poster with the girl who lifts her skirt up, and I thought, I had to do that. And you're only <laughs> 40 once, so I, I thought, once I thought of the title and thought of the poster, I thought, I have to call it 40 Love. You say you're only 40 once, but on gay dating sites, people are 40 for about 15 years. <laughs> I think it's better to say. I know nothing of them. <laughs> it's quite funny, though. I, mean, I have looked at my friend did make me do that once, and... Uh, I was thinking, tell more about the person from the room in the background than you can from the... <laughs> no, you look at that and you think, oh, my God, is, is that wood chip? <laughs> and then you know it can never be. Um, yeah, no, I haven't frequented them, but um, I'll chat to you later, but you can, you can, you can educate me. There we are, bringing, bringing people together. Uh, no. <laughs> uh, for, for people that aren't aware of your, your oeuvre... My Craig, oeuvre, I like your, it. Your oeuvre. Uh, what, can, what can people expect from your show? Um, my shows are very, very off the cuff now. I mean, that's, I, I always regret saying they're about anything because invariably they're about the audience. Like, I just have such a riot with the audience. And, and if I didn't do that, I would deeply regret it because I find brilliant people. I mean, we had four poofs and a piano in, in the audience the other night and I couldn't resist it. I just said, ladies and gentlemen, will you please welcome to the stage to join me? Uh, four poofs and a piano. Let's play a game called Who's the Poofiest? <laughs> and I asked people in the audience, I went, somebody shout out a butch line and we'll see if any one of us can carry it off. And this lesbian shouted, where do you keep your drill bits? <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't plant that. And, uh, and one of the guys surprised me. He came up and he was like, where do you keep your drill bits? And I was like, oh my God, that was quite sexy. And uh, one of the other guys came up and went, where do you keep your drill bits? And I was like, oh yeah. And then I did my kind of Glasgow face, which would be great for, for a podcast. Um, when I come up and I went, where to keep your drill bits, mate? <laughs> Which was terrifying, and even I found it sexy. Isn't that wrong? How wrong is that to find yourself sexy? But um, yes, yeah, so, <laughs> Paul's gone. I do it all the time. Um, yeah, I, 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 I love that. I love shows being very off the cuff. So I mean, I get I get round to the material eventually. But I've, if something in the audience is funner, funnier, I will always go with that. Like. We had this, um, this is my venue, this is the venue I perform in, and we have these people up in the balcony, and we had a bit of a kerfuffle, which is a great Scottish word, uh, a bit of a hoo-ha. And uh, up th this woman was kind of, I don't know what was happening, and I said, what's happening up there? And this woman said, you know that, but you don't want this to happen in your show. She said, well, it's probably to do with the ignorant cow next to me. <laughs> <laughs> 
And I get the whole audience, I said, everyone, when you're smiling, when you're smiling. And we, the whole audience sang to her and she calmed down and I was able to kind of <laughs> diffuse that in my audience. So, um, I mean, it is a wee bit about being single. I mean, do you know, I don't know if you, what you're like, Paul, if you get people chatting you up. This doesn't happen to Never. me very often. Never. Well, this, this happened to me recently outside CC Bloom's, which is a really posh restaurant in Edinburgh. <laughs> You should go, they do two for one. And uh, I took the chicken. And, um, <laughs> oh, take your time, Guardian audience. And, no, I had this, uh, this, this is a true story. This, um, he was too young, he was 22 or something. They come up to me and he, he was kind of, he was trying to chat me up. It was quite obvious. It was like the, the donkey from Shrek, you know, he was like, pick me, pick me. And um, <laughs> he was, he was jumping up and down. And eventually uh, I was walking, he thought I was with one of these guys, but I wasn't. And I was walking home by myself and I heard, stop the taxi. I thought, oh Christ, what's this? He jumps out the taxi and he ran up towards me and he wanted to chat me up and he obviously hadn't thought of what to say. So he just ran up to me and went, um, do you want to get chips? <laughs> and I said, um, no, I think the, the chip is closed. It's about half past three. And he said, well, do you want to give me your number and we'll get some chips tomorrow? <laughs> Officially the worst chat up line I've ever had. We've been seeing each other for three months now. How, how would you feel about that as a, as a line, Paul, the chips, chips line? I'd be delighted, actually. <laughs> Any kind of recognition by another gay man would be delightful. Oh, God, no. love him. And do you know this poor boy? He, he, like, he was so embarrassed. And then I said, listen, this would just be between us and my audience at the festival. <laughs> I've now told it on the radio, on podcasts, on TV. God love I hope he never turns up to my show. I'd be so sorry for him. <laughs> it was quite a sweet thing to do, though, wasn't it? It was a nice wee thing to do. He responded. He said, I just thought I'd never get this chance again. He said, I've just made a fool of myself, haven't I? I said, yes. <laughs> Thank you very much indeed, Mr Craig Hill. My next guest show is called Robin Ince versus the Moral Majority. It's all about being gay, single... No, that's not right. Uh, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Robin Ince. Can I just say, Paul, you have taken... Uh, you, you've made a terrible, terrible error by being rude about Crawley, uh, because I was rude about oh. Crawley two years ago, and uh, I was doing an interview by a, a bottle bank in Leeds, you know, that glamorous kind of doing local paper interviews, and this guy asked me, he said, what's it like touring? And I said, well, it's a bit weird, because last week I went Paris, Milan, Rome, Crawley. And it's a bit odd when you go from kind of the cradle of civilization to Crawley, Three days later, someone rings me up and says, what do you mean saying about Crawley? I went, what are you talking about? Crawley Observer, page three. Yeah, the page three boy of Crawley Observer. Comedian Robin slams Crawley as a low point. I'm banned from returning. And I was actually going to do a show called Crawley versus Rome this year. Well, I, I only said... <laughs> which was better. I only said it so that I too could be banned from returning. Yeah. <laughs> that was the entire purpose of the comment. <laughs> now, uh, Robin, you are doing a, a lot of shows this year. It's very hard yes. to keep up. Can you, can you talk us through what a, a day might mean for you at the Edinburgh Festival? Uh, well, at midday, I'm doing uh, the uh, Free Fringe doing a show called Carl Sagan is My God, Owen Richard Feynman 2, uh, which is where I will try and understand quantum mechanics and fail, uh, with uh, A.L. Kennedy's doing it as well, and uh, George Reigold and various other people. Then at 4.15, I'll talk about the worst Mills and Boone books that I found on Nicholson Street. Uh, hopefully, I, I've never 
found anything better than Diamond Stud, which is about a guy called Mike Diamond, who's a stud farmer, uh, just because it has this great opening where it's about this uh, woman who came from uh, cosmopolitan London and had to go to deepest, darkest Yorkshire. Oh, she doesn't get on with the Yorkshireman uh, until the final chapter, obviously, when they get on tremendously well. Uh, so we have a bit of Mills and Boone, that kind of stuff. They're quite uh, graphic, aren't they, Mills and Boone? Oh, one of the best. There's one called The Challenge, which is set in the outback, where a woman comes from cosmopolitan Sydney and then has to go to the awful outback, deepest, darkest outback. And uh, there's this bit at the end of the book, I don't know if I can remember exactly, where the, the, the farmer uh, is called Saxon McAllister. Uh, says, uh, uh, he goes, when are you going to marry me, sweetheart? Uh, it, he, I can't remember some of it. Uh, and he goes, that, the night of that damn storm, that was nearly my undoing. My God, I went in to comfort you, but if I'd stayed any longer, I would have ended up raping you. Yeah, uh, oh, yeah that's really? a bit of a surprise in a Mills and Boone. Uh, you know? I, I, I read them once and I was really shocked how graphic they were. Have you read a recent one? No, 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 I don't oh. read them. I, just, I, I was actually doing a show about uh, erotica or something and I read it and I was thinking, I thought this would be the nice, sweet, romantic side, but it's not as quite graphic. No, it's gone, just, it's gone from beyond... The, in the old days, it was just... Uh, a bulge in his jodhpurs caught her eye and now the jodhpurs are off by page seven <laughs> I think I'm coming back to Mills and Boone <laughs> uh, When did your love of uh, uh, the Mills and Boone genre begin Robin? Uh, it was a book called I was staying in Cornwall and I found on the bookshelf Stormy Vigil uh, <laughs> which uh, is about a, a, a woman who's forced to go to a lighthouse uh, to meet a rugged man. As you know, she lived in a city but was forced to go to deepest, darkest, a lighthouse. And uh, she gets trapped with a man that she doesn't get on with who wears a lot of chunky knit sweaters uh, until the final uh, page again, where uh, he stops wearing the sweater. So it's fantastic. It's my favourite lighthouse romance. <laughs> Come on, we've all got one. To hell with you, Virginia Woolf. To hell with you. <laughs> so anyway, that's got us to 4.15. Uh, and then oh, at 25, I'll be doing Robin It's First, The Moral Majority, which is about what am I... Someone heckled me when I was doing the Latitude Festival, a beautiful heckle. I was talking about uh, Natasha Kaplinsky's Honey Lust, which was covered in uh, another newspaper, and I was getting very angry about it. And someone just shouted out, what are you actually angry about? And I thought, I wonder what it is. So in the last month, I've written kind of a show about it. Your show, uh, are they all part of the Free Fringe? Uh, the first three are part of the Free Fringe, but because I thought I was only doing a half run, I felt that I wouldn't be able to have the correct Edinburgh Nervous Breakdown without putting a fourth show in, so I'm doing a £5 Fringe show, uh, Greedy, Greedy Me, uh, <laughs> which is called Bleeding Heart Liberal, uh, which is the show that I toured uh, around the UK at the beginning of this year. So I hope I can remember oh. it, because I can't really remember any of it now, because I've written a new show since then. So it's about me having some to-dos with uh, the fundamentalist Christian Stephen Green, uh, and uh, a spat I had on television with Vanessa Feltz. Yeah. Yeah. Imagine that. Imagine it like a scene from Women in Love. She's playing Oliver Reed, I'm playing Alan Bates, we wrestle by a fireplace, <laughs> that's the way. D.H. Lawrence and Virginia Woolf, this is The Guardian podcast. Thank heavens! Ladies and gentlemen, thank you very much indeed. Robin Ince! Thank you very much uh, to all my guests today, Sam Simmons, Dan Antopolsky, Paul Sinner, Craig Hill and Robin Ince. We'll be back tomorrow to do it all over again. Here to play us out today, a glamorous double act performing an extract from their show, Social Work. Please welcome Bourgeois and Maurice. Thank you. Thank you very much indeed, ladies and gentlemen. It's lovely to be here. We are Bourgeois and Maurice. I am Georgeois Bourgeois. And this is the inimitably beautiful Maurice Maurice on piano. Ladies and gentlemen, it's, it's really a pleasure to be here with you tonight. Because uh, today, rather, we've... Uh, we're not used to such a sophisticated audience, I will say that. Maurice and I, we've recently come off a schools tour, doing very much our show for the primary schools of Northeast England, ages seven to nine. 
We were told that what we were doing would be called something like T-I-E. We weren't entirely sure what that meant, but Thai seemed like a bondage term or something. It sounded okay to us. And, uh, and so we wrote a song for the children, which we thought would deal very, very well with the issues that they're facing in their playgrounds right now. And our Arts Council funding was taken away as a result of it. But ladies and gentlemen, we'd like to ask you now to take your minds back to a better time before piggy flu and the constant everyday threat of total apocalypse. Ladies and gentlemen, this one's for the kids. Nice children, don't talk back. Nice children, take Prozac. We like happy faces behind those braces. Do you like that little bit of frizzle we gave you? Do you like that little bit of frizzle we gave you? Do you like that little bit of frizzle we gave you? Do you like that little bit of frizzle we gave you? Life can be just one vacation if you take your medication. You won't feel sad or emotional. You won't feel very much at all. Do you like that little bit of frizzle we gave you? Do you like that little bit of frizzle we gave you? Do you like that little bit of frizzle we gave you? Do you like that little bit of frizzle we gave you? One story before bed, your family are all dead. Be strong, don't cry, or you will also die. Do you like that little bit of Ritalin we gave you? Do you like that little bit of Ritalin we gave you? Do you like that little bit of Ritalin we gave you? Do you like that little bit of Ritalin we gave you? There's pedophiles on every corner. Stay inside, lock up your daughter. If anyone's gonna hurt her bad, may as well be mum and dad. Do you like that little bit of Ritalin we gave you? Do you like that little bit of Ritalin we gave you? Did you like that little bit of Ritalin we gave you? Did you like that little bit of Ritalin we gave you? Do you like that little bit of Ritalin we gave you? Did you like that little bit of Ritalin we gave you? Do you like that little bit of Ritalin we gave you? Did you like that little bit of Ritalin? Do you like that little bit of Ritalin we gave? Did you like that little bit of Ritalin? Do you like that little bit of Ritalin we gave you? Do you like that little bit of Ritalin we gave you? The Guardian, live at the Edinburgh Festival 2009.